Kristen and, and we, we are the extra sisters so sit back relax and let's get creepy welcome to another hype episode and this one's especially hypey mm-hmm. most definitely people have been really excited for this yeah one. and that little song you got in the beginning there I've been listening to that on repeat in my car on it, Spotify it's so good it is so good and um it's that you get a little taste of it from what we gave you, but there's like a beat drop later mm-hmm. and you should really go listen to it. So the guy that did it, um, he does, he basically just does all these remixes for free on YouTube. He's really awesome. Um, his name is Chris Molly and you can find him at Chris Molly 1980 at gmail.com and his YouTube is sick beats. So you should check out the rest of that because it's really, really good. Yeah. There's some pretty good stuff on there. He did it just based off of the trailer music too. So he did that back in like December. Really? Before the movie actually even came out. I loved it. Thank you for introducing me to yeah. it. It's so good. Yeah. I really wanted to do something like that, but copyrights touchy right so you know but yeah you should check them out this whole like music and all this this music in this movie and i you know how i am with music i i love it and i pick up on it and um and it all is so good there's a chorus piece at the beginning that is so haunting and it's also on the spotify the whole soundtrack is on spotify and it's so good so I definitely recommend checking it out because it does such a good job of, like, setting the tone of the movie. Oh, yeah. And then it it keeps everything so, like, a tightrope the whole time. You're just waiting and on the edge of your seat. You're anxious the whole time, but not in, like, the the bad anxious. It's, like, the good horror movie Mm -hmm. anxious. There is a lot of opinions on this movie, too. Yeah. I've been noticing that, too. I, I don't know about you, but I've been looking at some other reviews just to see if anyone else liked it because I loved this movie yeah so much i really enjoyed it too and it's interesting because i'm in a couple like horror groups on facebook and follow some you know instagram and twitter is that are we're horror movie people and there's a community and uh people are really it's like 50 50 they either really liked it or they really didn't like it at all and which wasn't that like get out also yes it was it was it was polarizing it was very polarizing um but us i thought was you know, I read an article and it was like, Us has saved the horror movie genre or something like that. And while it was good, I don't really think horror needs saving. I don't think so I either. think that was a little dramatic. Yes, Jordan Peele is doing some Amazing really stuff. revolutionary mm-hmm. things. Well, you know, not... I th- that What they were saying was that horror has gotten so formulary and not very creative. Right, but definitely. But you have to look at every movie genre in my opinion because look at romantic comedies like it's always the same that's fair yeah. there's like 
either they break up for a while and then find themselves again or yeah. it's or like, like an embarrassing love story yeah or like i was just watching aquaman a while ago with connor mm-hmm. and i even made the comment i was like okay we know that this is gonna happen this person's gonna die and it's gonna have to happen in front of somebody and he's gonna have to have yeah. this mission because that's what happens in every superhero movie exactly and that doesn't mean they're not good mm-hmm. it's just the way it is people can only create so much in the exactly time we've been on earth you know and people will continue to get creative this was very original and this will still happen yeah. in all movies. And take just, like, romantic movies in general. Somebody's going to die. Or, yeah. it, you know, it's just the same formula. But that doesn't mean it's bad. And I don't think the horror genre needs saving. No. Does it need some creativity? Yeah. But that that's every everything. I mean, look at all the remakes we're doing. Right. Absolutely. That are still good in their own right. But also, we're just doing a lot of remakes, yeah. you know? I mean, even this movie, as original as it seems there's so much stuff in it and jordan peele did a great job of pointing it out to you yeah he does movie covers in it and he does a shirt that says chud on it which is actually a movie that this is kind of based around inspired by yes yeah so he points it out to you he he knows where things were inspired by and Mm -hmm. shows you it was awesome right there will be spoilers moving forward so if you have not seen this we do basically a scene by scene walk through and kind of talk it through so if you haven't seen us I, I know I've said this a million times, but out of all the hype episodes we've done, I really recommend you watch it first because it's a very, like, go into it just blind because the trailers kind of give you an idea what it mm-hmm. is, but it doesn't go into all, near, like, it barely touches the surface, yeah. I think, of like, what it is. I don't know about you, but I definitely try not to read up on anything or I'll see maybe one trailer and then that's it. I don't look for more trailers because I don't want it spoiled. Yeah, anything. and I love... For example, Chris Stuckman on YouTube, you introduced me to him. I watch all of his movie reviews religiously, but I won't watch something we're going to review. Until after, at least. Because I don't want, Mm -hmm. oh, Chris Stuckman hated it, and I usually agree with him, and he's like, it's a C or whatever, which is not what he said, but then I'll go into it being like, okay, well. Exactly. It's not going to be that great, and then that may warp my perception of it. Right. Um, But I didn't really know what this was going to be about. I had no idea what kind of scare factor it was going to be. And I was kind of nervous because you never know what you're getting yourself into when you go into a theater, right. you know. So I was really surprised by how much I liked this movie. I agree. I absolutely loved this movie. I, I feel like this is going to be an amazing year for horror movies. I yeah. just keep seeing what ones are going to be coming out, mm-hmm. and it's great. And even The Prodigy, I said it was my favorite this so far. Now Us is, like, competing yeah. with that. So I don't know. It's going to be tough. Well, we were even talking today about how The Prodigy was one of those. I was, like, not even – if we hadn't been doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't have even yeah. gone to see it because it didn't get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't – it's not like it's in a big franchise like The Conjuring. It was just kind of one of those one-off horror movies that I was, like – Eh. Yeah. But then I watched it and I was really glad I did. So and right. and I I would have probably gotten around to seeing us eventually, but I probably wouldn't have seen it in theaters. And now I'm going to go see it in theaters again because yeah. this is definitely a watch twice kind of movie. Oh, I definitely I wouldn't have even gone the first time. On yeah. honestly, I liked Get Out up until the end, and mm-hmm. it just ended so abruptly. I was over it, and yeah. so I wasn't a big fan, honestly, of Jordan Peele's stuff just from his first one. So I wasn't even going to go see it except for this podcast, and now I love it. It's yeah. one of my favorite movies. Now. I agree. Me too. So the movie opens, first of all, you get this scene of these rabbits in cages and this, like I talked about a minute ago, this haunting 
chorus Mm -hmm. is so good and it's so creepy and it goes on for so long yeah and it's not but it's not to the point where you're like okay let's move on you're like oh this is something important yeah but that's the point it feels like a nod to 80s and 70s and 80s horror movie music i know Mm -hmm. i've commented in the past like with the exorcist that stuff was amazing Mm -hmm. and it kind of draws in that it's great and it's not just like dissonant sounds just like no hitting you over the head Mm -hmm. it's very these are very complex choral pieces and percussion there's percussion and all these deep sounds that are kind of nuancy and it's just wow like the composer did such a good job with this and but it, and you don't you don't know what's going on with these rabbits yet right and you're, and you're kind of in this like classroom so many of and them. you're like what the hell there's like, like I don't get it. six rows yeah. by i don't know 20 columns there's so many rabbits yeah and then it starts with all these quotes about underground tunnels in the united states mm-hmm. like that which is so weird it's like we're looking at rabbits and then all of a sudden tunnels what does this have to do with each other yeah and it, there's you're like oh well you know maybe they have to run through dark underground tunnels but you're like no this you know because this is jordan peele that it's deeper than just mm-hmm. a scary kind of slasher creepy movie it's a yeah. lot deeper than that i mean get out was a essentially a political piece yeah you absolutely. know so going into it you know that it's not just going to be a surface kind of movie it's going to be a thinker and so you're like it's one of those where i need to see it again because i was taking notes like i usually do but it's such a detailed movie yeah that now i want to go watch it again and just not be able to peel absolutely. my eyes away from it it starts in uh, 1986 but this commercial i knew would tie into it at some point but it's a hands across america commercial mm-hmm. which in the 80s was this um unifying like literally holding hands across the united states and of course there wasn't like a full line across the united states but across big major cities and so you know hands across america is going to come into it eventually because then it cuts to uh you're in santa cruz california and there's a little girl with her two parents there and she's probably what like 10 11 maybe something like that and she has a hands across america shirt on Mm -hmm. so there's like that's the second mention of hands across america and they're at they're there for her birthday and her parents are like bickering back and forth the whole time which is kind of sad like Mm -hmm. the dad does something for her and the mom's like oh i wish you would do that and then he's supposed to watch her well but he's doing something and of course she wanders off and she sees this sign that this man is holding that says jeremiah 11 11 which i looked up i don't know if you did or not I did, but I did not. I think I did at some point in my notes here, but if you have it. Yeah. Well, if anybody's wondering, it is word for word this. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So basically, some bad shit's going to happen. And God's not going to help you. Nobody's going to save you. You're all alone in this. You have to deal with it. I think own. the the what surrounds that verse. I'm not a Bible expert by any means, but is it was basically a wrathful God was, you know, people weren't doing yeah. what He wanted them to do. Right. And and He said, okay, kind of like the flood, you know. Absolutely. And she wanders down these dark stairs to a beach. And at first, I was like, oh, that's creepy. Why would you do that? But then I was like, man, I would go to the beach at night. It's pretty. Like, 
you know yeah. i would be super interested in it and so i get it so she and she's completely alone and she's kind of got like a creepy demeanor about her anyways because she doesn't really talk she doesn't smile she's just kind of holding i think it was like a caramel apple or something yeah. and she's like wandering towards the ocean and we're like oh god is she gonna drown or something What's well it looks like happen? she's just gonna walk right yeah. in like she's almost like possessed kind mm-hmm. of but instead she finds this little she walks up to this building um, I think it was called like Shaman's Vision Quest or yeah. Find Yourself or mm-hmm. something like that. And it's like a fun house. It's got a bunch of near- mirrors and nature sounds and it's really dark. And then, of course, all the lights go off because they have to, you know. Because it's a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and she sees an exit sign. So at least the emergency exit sign still works. But it's full of mirrors. So she's like running towards the exit sign mm-hmm. and runs into a mirror. That's terrifying. Have you ever thought about how ter- truly terrifying like mirror houses are because i haven't until this movie <laughs> i don't go into them i've gone to you know um amusement parks before and i just mm-hmm. stay away from the fun houses no i don't think i'm from texas and if you don't know anything about the texas state fair it's in, it's insane mm-hmm. like it's huge and they had a bunch of them and i think i did them as a kid but i honestly can't remember doing one and now i never will like what no. if the lights go out exactly or like you're i don't know just being alone and well, fun ha- with mirrors just also I don't, I don't like looking at myself anyways so. yeah well I don't know about you but I grew up on are you afraid of the dark and I think it's the no the second episode is mm-hmm. literally about a fun house and a clown in it that haunts them that scared me as a kid so like I watched a couple episodes and I only remember little images but there was one that scared me so bad and it was about like a monster coming out There was one about a monster coming out of, like, a swimming pool drain, and I had a swimming pool growing up, and that was just, like, it for me. I was like, nope. Interesting. I don't remember that that from Afraid of the... Are You Afraid of the Dark? But I remember that from X-Files, and that always creeped me out. I never watched X-Files. Okay. Now we're not getting off topic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And she's whistling. I think it's It's a Bitsy Spider. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, I didn't write it down, but I'm, like, hearing it in my head. Yeah, it is. It's a Bitsy Spider. (laughs) And she's trying to keep calm, and I wrote good on her for, like, yeah. trying to... she's smart to do that, because I think I would just panic and just stand in the corner and cry. I would probably start screaming for someone to come find me, yeah. honestly, like... Which is probably not a good idea, though, in hindsight, if somebody is in there and after you, because yeah. you're just, like, screaming. Hey, I'm and, here. Come find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, as a kid, I'd probably scream and cry. Mm-hmm. I don't have those same reasoning skills, and exactly. I haven't been exposed to killers yet, you know? <laughs> and she... She starts, someone whistles back, which, okay, I think I would just pass out. If I was alone and somebody just fucking whistled back at me, oh, no. There's there's so much to this movie and we're not like even 10, 15 minutes in yet. It gets going quick. Yeah. It's it's not a build up kind of movie. It's a very like persistent, consistent kind of movie. And she runs away, but then she runs into herself, but it's not a mirror. She's looking at essentially her double or her doppelganger or her twin or you know whatever it looks exactly like her same i mean everything is the same same hair you know clips and things and and then it cuts to the present day and they are at this family is at this uh they're on their way sorry hold on this family is on their way to their beach house Mm -hmm. or their vacation house i guess you could say and this is when that you got fun on it comes <laughs> yeah. in for the first time. And I didn't pick up on this because I was also, this is another reason why I want to see it again, because I was taking notes. So I was looking at my phone again in the back. Nobody was next to us. Um, but if somebody noticed that she's kind of, Jason, her son, is kind of 
not not suspicious of her because there's no reason to be but if you start noticing things she's like yeah get into the rhythm and she's she's snapping off rhythm i've noticed i noticed that did too you? i did i was like she's that. off dude what yeah. is don't follow so her she's you're wrong. like ah, eh, she just is not musically inclined it's yeah. whatever but you're starting like when you look back at it you start to see these little things that sh- she's kind mm-hmm. of off uh but you also have gotten like an idea at this point that she's got some sort of like PTSD about whatever happened to her, but you didn't see what happened to her. You basically just saw before it cut away, it grabbed her around the throat and then it ended. Yeah. Like that scene ended. So you got this family of four on vacation and they're sitting around and they're just like talking, but they bring up going to Santa Cruz beach and the mom uh, her name is Adelaide. Immediately, yeah. no, hell no, gets really hesitant. She's like, "We're not going there." She eats that strawberry, by the way, for like ever. Did I didn't you notice that. Know. She eats the same strawberry in little tiny bird bites for like the whole scene. That's probably. I don't think anything that Jordan Peele did in this movie was unintentional. That's true. And also, Lupita Nyong'o is the actress. I'm mm-hmm. sure everything that was intentional. Maybe yeah. to try to like, she's weird. She's weird. She's weird. She's weird. Yeah, Look at it. You exactly. Know. So she's clearly very hesitant. She does not want to go to the beach. And then it cuts back to her family in the 80s when she was a child. They've obviously recovered her. And they're at a therapist's office. And, you know, she something has happened to her. Some change has happened to her in that fun house. You don't know what it was, but they're at a therapist's office. Yeah. And the therapist says that she's suffering from some sort of PTSD. And they're like, she was alone for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. And she's like, well, something happened. Yeah. And they're like, well, how do we get her to talk? How do we get our child back? And she's listening to all of this. Yeah. I, I think I would have that conversation maybe on a different day. I don't think I'd talk to my kid's therapist when my kid's there because kids are a lot more perceptive than we get them credit for. Well, I feel like that's almost every drama and every horror movie that has a child in it yeah. that goes to a therapist. They're always sitting in the waiting room and can hear everything. Yeah. Every time. Stop. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got a creepy kid. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> They're absorbing that information to use against you <laughs> or to learn how to assimilate back into, you know, whatever. But it cuts back to present day and they obviously have a, a good husband and wife relationship. But I will yeah, say I that like she's, yeah, she's very, she really does not want to go to this beach. And I think at some point, you know, if somebody's that uncomfortable with something, you say, okay, clearly this is something deep. Yeah. And he doesn't catch on on that. And he just guilts her mm-hmm. into letting the family go. Like, oh, I guess we won't go to the beach or have fun or something like that. Yeah. You know, and so she's like, okay, whatever. But she says they must leave before dark. And then she goes to find Jason. And he's, how old do you think Jason is? Like 10? Yeah, probably. 10, 11. Like 10. And she wasn't sure where he is. And he's, this kid's creepy. He mm-hmm. wears a mask the entire, not, he doesn't have it on, but he's got it like on his head yeah. the entire time um he's not like creepy like you think he's gonna do something he's just like kind of we- weird weird yeah and she goes to the basement to find him and she comes across some of her old stuff that she starts going through and you see jason puts this ambulance in front of this like closet door mm-hmm. because it locks and gets stuck and he gets himself locked in the closet so she gets him out and she's like you can't you that's know. why you don't do that yeah mm-hmm. and then you hear this like honking and <laughs> which is awesome this i love this dad he's great god I, brad went with us to see this and so did connor but i was looking at brad and i was like oh my god this is if we ever have kids this is gonna be my life like that's <laughs> like brad to a t he's like 
thinks he's hilarious, makes really lame jokes. <laughs> like, he's going to be, like, the cool, lame dad, you know? So I was like, that's fucking you. The boat's name is called Crawl Daddy. <laughs> and it's this, like, rickety ass. Like, he has the motor stops, and he's like, oh, they told me how to do this. And he just starts beating the shit out of the motor. <laughs> but again, nothing that this movie has shown you so far has been, co- like, it's all intentional. Yeah, there's reasons like, the we're seeing scenes. it. Yeah, exactly. These are not pointless scenes we're seeing right now just to get no. to know the family. These will be used later. Exactly. So the next day they drive to the beach and <laughs> Jason is so funny. He's like cussing and they're like, dude, stop. But he's just a weird kid. And when they get to the beach, you can really tell the mom she's struggling. Oh, yeah. Hard. Adelaide is really struggling with this like experience or PTSD. And that little like fun house is still there. Yeah, you it's got a new name now. It does, it does. But it's still there. And I get that there's like a boardwalk carnival right above it. It's just a weird placement for it to be like down on the beach kind of on its That's own. That's what I thought too. It should be up with everything else. Yeah, and it's not like there were people clamoring to get into this fun house. So I'm yeah. I mean, I guess if it's not electronic and you don't... Well, it was though because it was making sounds and stuff. I don't know. It just seems like weird to like pay for electricity for something that... I don't know. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me, but that... It's not something the movie needs to explain. I was just like, why is that still there? But it has a purpose, obviously. And then you cut back to the 80s and her parents are fighting about her being gone again. And she's just sitting there, like, listening. And they, at some point, they say something about her dancing again. And she really has clung on to, I need to dance, I guess, to Mm -hmm. be normal. So that's something that comes back later. But the family gets to the beach and someone is being loaded into an ambulance before they even get out of the car. Yeah. And... This someone has a sign that says Jeremiah eleven eleven, and I said it was the same spooky hobo dude. <laughs> and then the the scary chorus music starts again, so you mm-hmm. know it's the same person yeah. or a successor. But I'm pretty sure it's the same person because they've aged. Now the building is called Merlin's Forest, so they've given it a cute little wizardy twist well, instead yeah, of we, just like a. <laughs> we gotta keep it away from the Indian stuff. Yeah, so. right. And they meet up with another family and, you know, they're all talking and the mom tells the other mom. she's has a, She has a hard time communicating and you can tell that because this other mom is talking to her, just like having a conversation. And she's also drinking wine and Adelaide won't drink any wine. And she just tells her, you know, I sometimes have a hard time talking. So you can tell she's not very social. And at this point, you're kind of like, well, she was shaped by whatever this experience yeah. is and she's also right back in the the triggering like where the, where it happened so it makes sense that she's a little off and kind of jumpy you know yeah. i love this other mom though i feel like this is gonna be us oh, someday yeah. as parents we're just gonna be on the beach drinking yes <laughs> it'd be great except we'll have a lot easier time talking to each other <laughs> <laughs> right jason's over with like they have two twin daughters the other family does and then of course his older sister who's probably like 14 Mm-hmm. 14 or 15 maybe and he says he's gonna get up and go to the restroom and when he walks out of the porta potty <laughs> he sees a man in a long grungy like trench coat standing with his arms out and it kind of looks like a cross with bloody with, fingers yeah with blood just dripping off his hands and then adelaide realizes that jason isn't in sight and she panics which fair i mean even if you don't think that some weird supernatural double of yourself is hanging out Losing a kid at the beach is no fucking joke. I but definitely need to looking? watch. I need to watch this again because now that you just said that, I just put it together. I was like, oh fuck, mm. this started this whole this movie is starting. Yeah, exactly. And I hadn't noticed that the first time I watched it. Obviously, yeah. Again, it's such a like go You've see it watch twice. It again. Yeah, 
I'm going to. I just I didn't have time to see it twice before we recorded, but I'm definitely gonna go see it like on a Tuesday, like yeah. evening when the ch- tickets are really cheap at Cinemark, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, as she's she's really triggered, so she's just totally panicking. And so, at some point, they leave because it just cuts back to the house, and she's telling the kids good night. And Jason wears his mask all the time, and he's clearly still freaked out about the experience because, of course, you see some man bleeding, standing, look like he's being hung on a cross, like dude, right? He's gonna stay with you, yeah. And she sits with him and she takes his mask off because he's wearing his mask on his face. And she tells him, stick with me. I'll keep you safe. And they notice the clock says 1111. He's like, yeah, he's like, look. And they look over and it's 1111. But it's not like the cute, like, ooh, make a wish. It's like, she's like looking through his desk and she finds he drew up a picture of the bloody handed man at the beach. And she is so freaked out. So when it cuts back to her and her husband in the bedroom, He's trying to, like, plan a fishing trip, and he's, like, so sprawling funny. out on the bed while she's he's staring like, at the Come window. get it. Look at the D. And like, it's just, like, <laughs> and he's, like, so spread eagle. And creepy, just standing there staring at the window. I thought she was going to do something crazy at this point. He is, like, clearly not perceptive at no! all. Because she's clearly struggling, and you're trying to, like, start some, right? like, sexy shit. No. Mm-mm. And he, he figures it out, though. Like, he's talking about fishing and trying <laughs> to get sexy, and... No. She tells him she wants to leave because it's too much for her to be in the place that they're in. And it feels like there's a black cloud hanging over her and she doesn't feel like herself. And then she tells him the story that there was a girl that looked exactly like her and she ran as fast as she could away from her. But she feels like her whole life she's felt that girl is still coming for her. And she says since they've been there, all these coincidences have started happening. And she feels like as these coincidences are happening, like she's seeing the same thing she saw and the bible verse and mm-hmm. like all these things that the girl is getting closer and closer as this keeps happening and she's like literally shaking when she's talking about this story so yeah. her husband is finally seeing okay this isn't like a she'll get over it kind of thing this mm-hmm. is like a severe mental trauma yeah. that happened to her once again this stuff is happening so fast yeah that we don't have any pauses it's not no. like at the end of the scene they don't go to sleep and it comes the next day because the next thing is they freak out because their son's just standing in the doorway saying there's someone in our driveway yeah and the lights go out yep and so you're like oh here we go yeah it's starting it starts fast yeah and jason comes in and says there's a family in the driveway and they look and there is a family standing there and adelaide immediately calls 911. But he's like, no, chill out. Like, it's fine. I'll just tell him to leave. You know, yeah. whatever. But it doesn't matter. She's already made the call. Yeah. Like, thank God-ish. It doesn't come to help them, but... I mean, at least, you know, when you... I guess if you're going to talk about horror movie formulas, most don't. They're like, oh, there's a creepy family. I'll yeah. just go outside and... Hey! And especially the men in horror movies never believe it, never call the cops. Yeah. They are always the big tough man who can go fix this. I'm going to handle this. And Adelaide's freaking out because the cop says they're like 14 minutes from them and she's yeah. like that's not enough like that's way too long yeah you're not gonna make it mm-hmm. because she's like she is like they're here to kill us yeah. period there's no question about it they're not just trying to be creepy it does give you i've heard it compared to the strangers a lot but the strangers the strangers funny games so many things like that yeah. yeah i but the strangers they one of their games was fear building up that fear and suspension but this family that's just standing outside, you know, he tell Gabe goes outside and tells the family to leave. And Adelaide tells Zora, her daughter, to put her shoes on, which is really smart. So fucking smart. And that comes into play. Once again, nothing is left out. No. Because 
she has to run. And she is a runner. So yeah. at the in the beginning, when they're kind of sitting for their first they little dinner. Track. Yeah, they're talking about her, like, wanting to pursue track and all this stuff. So she's like, go put your shoes on because yeah. you're going to have to run. And which. So fucking smart. Yes. Like, she doesn't say that to the son. So I, but throughout the movie, I assume he already has shoes on. I, I'm assuming. But ha- she just knows the daughter needs them. Yeah. That's her so thing. So smart. She, you know. Jason can hide and you can run and you know so she's kind of playing to her family's strengths there I feel like and the Gabe finally gets freaked out when the family won't leave and he uh, he comes back inside and he asks Jason for the bat and then the family just scatters yeah they run in different directions and you're like oh fuck like oh, and like oh creepy my God. run like one of them's on all fours yeah so the fake son of this family is like on all fours a lot he's like anim- yeah. he's very animalistic and him crawling around and stuff is terrifying and they're like climbing trees really quickly mm-hmm. and you know of course everybody inside they're all huddled together and kind of wincing and crying yeah. and which i love that mom is like we're staying right here all together yes we're prepared right nobody here. is splitting up we're yeah not, we're here together and they start whistling the itsy bitsy spider and they this family is not they don't communicate very much except for the fake mom is what i called her in my notes red though yeah. as we will call her none of them can actually talk like they except make, for red yeah yeah she's the only one but everyone else can make like grunting noises yeah they're like like the dad's like oh it's yeah. like a calling kind of like a yeah uh, you know and a very primitive type of communication but they're smart because one of them finds the key in the little fake rock mm-hmm. outside. And so they just well, it's unlock the front door. The woman that can talk. Yeah, right. And they all have these gold scissors. But Red walks in with these gold scissors. And the whole then the whole fucking family gets inside. And it is they don't fuck around either. No. They're not just like tapping on things and scratching windows they're they are coming for them and they are coming quickly that is that is their mission that is their directive that's what they're there for i love that this movie doesn't play around like it happens now there's no waiting yep and the real family ends up just sitting on the sofa it's like they're they know that they're not going to be able to just like fight or outrun they just sit on the sofa And then the fake family or the doppelganger family stands and sits in front of them. And And the real father got hit with the bat. So he's like crawling into the living room trying to pull himself. So one of his legs is fucked up. Yeah. And they just like casually light a fire. The fake family, you know, Red does. And um, like, like, like I said, fake Jason is, is like very animalistic. And Mm -hmm. he even has like, like a dog-esque mask on. And then red talks about her being a shadow and basically being jealous she says that everything that they have been through on the surface has happened to them their shadows as well but it's always like a creepy turned around version it's not like uh the same like she mentions when she gave birth on the surface Mm -hmm. and what it was like giving birth to these basically monstrosities as she's basically referring to them as like she you know got married on the surface but underground she didn't have a choice and mm-hmm. it was kind of forced on her she didn't get to pick her prince and then yeah. the girl on the surface had a c-section and the other one had to cut her baby out yeah by herself and yeah. stuff like that it's just horrifying they're like living the same lives but one is in like a a modern world and mm-hmm. the other one is in some sort of like almost alternate dimension it mm-hmm. sounds like 
And she talks about how she hated the girl so much for so long until she realized that she was, the shadow was being tested by God. So there's still some religious things coming into play. And Gabe asks what they want. And Red basically says that they're, they are tethered together. And she physically then tethers Adelaide to the, the mm-hmm. coffee table. And then the fake dad drags Gabe away outside all like and over this like broken glass because one oh, of them busted through yeah. the the glass door mm-hmm. in the back and you just they're separating them based on you know you've got real zora and then you've got shadow zora yeah. or tethered zora and then you've got real jason and tethered jason and the same thing goes for the parents so they're each like this has been planned like yes these kids these fake kids are ready their eyes are on the mm-hmm. real kids like their prey that they're about to track down and Adelaide tells Zora to run. And so Zora just starts fucking running yep. down the street. And then Red sends fake Zora after her. And the, you know, tethered Zora is, like, ready. She yeah. even gives her a head start. Mm-hmm. She knows that she's fast. And the Red talks about fake Jason or tethered Jason having a temper. And then Adelaide tells Jason to show fake, fake Jason, show him one of your tricks. And then Red tells Jason and then her son, mm-hmm. son, to go play. To go play. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. And then it cuts to the dad's struggle. And, of course, the tethered pulls out these gold scissors that they all have. And he just, you think he's going to stab him, but he just punches him. Mm-hmm. And he knocks him out. And then it cuts to the boys in the closet. And they have a match. And you see the tethered jason pull his mask up and you can see that his face is like burned yeah something bad happened to his face yeah and so jason is kind of he's a pretty smart kid he's very observant and kind of analytical and what he's gonna do and what scares what could scare this kid yeah and well he learns pretty fast what scares him will probably scare this kid yeah and then of course tethered zora catches up with the real zora and she ends up like standing on top of a car looking uh. down at her which is so creepy and when you think about all these actors and actresses playing both of these parts yeah they're so different and they're so well done especially lupita nyongos yeah absolutely. oh my She's god amazing. she should get an oscar <laughs> she played like jacqueline hyde like yeah. perfectly she won't i was gonna say i mean i but... agree with you <laughs> She probably won't because it's a horror movie. But, but maybe because the screenplay out. won an Oscar already before, you know, because yeah. the screenplay came out. And that's why there was so much pressure on this movie to be good because the screenplay mm-hmm. won an Oscar. But we'll see. I really hope she gets it because this performance was so good. They were two separate people completely. Mm-hmm. But basically when Tethered Zora is standing on top of this car, this guy comes up and he's like, get off my car. I love and I was like, guy. oh, he's you're so tired of life. But then... You are, well, that's good because it's over for him. <laughs> yeah, right? She fucking murks him oh, good. Yeah. Murders the shit out of him. But Zora is good. Like, I mean, you know you want to be like, hey, don't run back inside or come on. But she just fucking takes off. Well, she's like that guy behind. Me. Exactly. Like, she's murdering him. So I'm going to mm-hmm. run. That's going to give me a chance to get away. And then the moms are staring at each other again. And then Adelaide asks what she wants. And the shadow says they want to take their time with the family because they've basically been 
planning it for a long time and she calls it the untethering and then she pushes her face into so this glass hard. coffee table it starts cracking oh my god i cannot believe face. how hard she must be pushing her no. face in there and then it cuts to the dads it's like going back and forth between what's happening to all these all these uh families and their untethering processes if you will and the tethered dad takes gabe out on the boat the crawl daddy whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and he's in a trash bag and the motor stops and so tethered dad is trying to get it to start again but gabe jumps up and starts beating him with the bat because the tethered yeah. dad brought the bat on Knock board him in the water yeah and he they both go overboard yeah and then it cuts to the boys so it's like oh my god you want to know what's happening in all these storylines yeah. you get wrapped up in one and then you go to the other but then you get wrapped up in that one and then mm-hmm. you don't want to leave that one and it just keeps you gripped for every single one of them yeah it's not like in books where sometimes you've got a story of one character and then a story of another character and you're way more into one than the other mm-hmm. and you're like okay let's get through this so i can get back they're all equally as terrifying yeah. and interesting the boys are in the closet and jason's kind of had this lighter that he hasn't been able to get it's a trick lighter yeah that he's supposed to be able to right. play with and he can't figure it out yeah but he finally gets the lighter to work and it really scares the tethered mm-hmm. jason and so he's able to lock him in the closet because that's the yeah. same closet he kept putting that toy ambulance on to block so it wouldn't close but he locks him in there which is really smart because you really don't know either at this point are they can they be killed like humans mm-hmm are exactly. they supernatural? Can they just be locked in places and that's that thwarts them? Like, you don't really know at this point. Right. But he locks him in there and he can't get out. So, and then Red lets him out. So she walks away from Adelaide and lets him out. And then she goes down to the basement. And then it cuts back to the dads. And he's still trying to swim to safety. And it cuts back to the mom. And she has managed, Adelaide has managed somehow to reach her toes out to well, get a fire. she was a, a dancer. Fire. Yeah. And she reaches her toes out to get a fire poker. Mm-hmm. Like, Fucking smart. Yeah. And so she has it now. And then it goes back to the dad. And he managed to crawl back on the boat because it's just kind of going. Mm-hmm. You know, and it leans to the left. So he's able to kind of like time when he can get back on it. And he starts the motor on top of the yeah it tethered was so dad. good yeah and he's like fuck you bitch so he doesn't say <laughs> that like he just starts it and it's, it's ew. adelaide's able to release herself and the family all zora runs back to the house jason has gotten out of you know he locked the other one in the closet and then uh the rest of the fake family that came back you know they went downstairs so the whole family is back together and they hear the dad honk the boat mm-hmm. so they run to get in the boat and then they are going away and they see the other family on the dock and yeah. i would be so relieved at that i don't think i would get out of the boat right? <laughs> just stay in the boat exactly oh, it's fine we'll just wait i don't know what's going on because you again you don't know like who these people are what they are why they're here right. other than is it just their your shadows. family is it yeah. everyone who mm-hmm. knows what's going on at this point but they're if they're a part of you let's say you know then they could be it could be argued that they are knowing what you're doing is something adelaide says exactly like they know what we're thinking they know where we're going because they're part of us yeah which is kind of what she's always thought when as soon as that family showed up she knew exactly what was happening well which kind of leads you to the put on your shoes and then red tells her to run like she also vice versa kind of knew that maybe something was going to happen where her daughter needed to run exactly and then it cuts to the other family's house that they met up on met up with on the beach and the mom hears someone outside 
and she's like the backup generator came on which means they've lost power mm-hmm. and she's like go check and he's like no I'm, I'm gonna comfy. S- I'm gonna stay on my chair and drink my whiskey or whatever he's, he's drinking. He's like the worst parent ever. Yeah. Who cares? Man, the other night, Brad and I heard something. I don't know. I still don't know what we heard, but we have this. <laughs> we don't have a gun, so we have this hockey stick by our door, and Brad grabs it, and he's like going out there, and he's like, I don't know what it was, but there's nobody in there. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he went quick. Like, if I ever was like, oh, man, I'm, like, hearing something and I'm really scared, he'd probably be like, okay, I'll go look. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, no, this is my comfy chair and I'm not getting up, which he should have. Or maybe he shouldn't have. It depends on how you look at it. <laughs> and then you see that this other family has their own tethered family. This is the best fucking scene and this is how it should happen. You don't torment people. You just get it done. Because that gives them an opportunity to... Buy back. Exactly. But you also notice that nobody in this tethered family really talks or has anything to say. like yeah. Like Red does. So I could see, you know, if she's the intelligent one of however many of these people or whatever mm-hmm. they are, then maybe the other ones just can't speak. And so they're like, we have a job to do and we're going to do it. Because yeah. the first thing they see is they're arguing and they're twins come out and they're like what the fuck is going on and another one shows up and stabs her like so good just get it done but imagine like being a parent and like the last thing you see before you die is your child dying is your child killing your child yeah but you've got both of your kids standing right there and like a duplicate comes up yeah like what the fuck yeah how awful yeah would not be resting in peace like definitely like a ghost trapped on this side because yeah. like obviously that's just such a hor- horrific way to go and then from the side comes the dad oh, doppelganger yeah. and yeah. it just happens so fast oh, all and this... the mom comes down the stairs and then they're just dead yeah there's just blood and they're dead and it's done yep. it takes like a minute yep it's great to the beach boys yeah <laughs> there's a really cool shot of the mom dying and bleeding out and there's like this trail of blood to the beach boys and i was like <laughs> and then she asks Nito. the uh like, like vibrations actually Philia or whatever the hell her oh, name is oh it's like a google home alexa yeah. but like an off brand yeah <laughs> it's called she Ophelia, asks yeah. her to call the police and what shows up is the song fuck, fuck the, the police, police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this movie is really good because there are a lot of horror movies where the humor just doesn't land and the humor in this movie lands pretty well yeah. gabe is funny and all his humor isn't like poorly placed yeah. in my opinion i thought it was all good no it's very good and it's not like a funny horror movie just no to make you laugh like the the funny is there for a reason yeah so gabe and adelaide and their kids show up because this is the only other place they really know to go yeah these are their friends the ones they were on the beach with exactly so they go there and they realize that the family that's there is the other family because they answer the door yeah the doppelganger dad shows up in a robe but covered in blood he took the nude's robe (laughs) he killed him and he's like that looks comfy as shit i'm gonna wear that (laughs) and they take adelaide inside and then yeah they grab her so fast and yank her in it's great gabe and the other dad face off and the kids run and it's really good that the kids ran away because at at some point fighting this fake other family at some point they are like fuck this i'm tired of being afraid i'm tired of running it's time to fight 
Yes, which I the love. The kids do first. Like, well, obviously the parents are fighting for their kids, but yeah. the kids are first, like, I'll hunt them. The dad's still trying to kill the other dad, and the mom is taken inside, and we don't know what's going on with her yet, but yep. the kids fight back, and it's great. Yeah, they walk into the house, and Zora grabs a golf club that's just leaning right there, and she's, like, ready, and I was like, yes! <laughs> and they hear their mom scream upstairs, and so Jason grabs this, like, heavy, it's like a geode on a stand, like a rich people decoration. I was going to say, <laughs> well, I got to comment on that really quick, mm-hmm. just the socioeconomic statement that's being said right there because you have poor people who probably have a baseball bat behind their door that's what i do yeah then you have rich people they have a fucking golf club where do i stand with a hockey stick Um, in the middle yeah middle income (laughs) well that's just because brad's had it for like six years because he's a hockey person (laughs) yeah but that's what most people even if they don't play baseball they have a baseball bat yeah. But this dude's rich and he's got a like, golf, club golf club and a geode. That's just expensive. A fucking yeah. golf club just sitting there. Yeah. And then Jason grabs that like heavy like mm-hmm. geode that's on like a stand. Which is great. I'm like, yeah. That is a blunt object. Yes. Let's cause some blunt force trauma. Which it does. And they both arm themselves and they go upstairs. Which is so smart because... I mean, it's not just like Jason just let his sister take the golf club and got behind her. He's like, what yeah. can I use? And he just grabbed something heavy that yeah. he could hit with. Smart. Yeah. Especially for their ages. They're not like teenage. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zora is, but they're still really young. She's thing. like preteen. She's so fucking smart. Like, yeah. as they're walking up the stairs, they go to the first room. She looks in. There's nobody in there. She shuts the door. Fucking smart. I wrote that down, too. She shuts all the doors as she passes them smart. so that nobody can just, if somebody comes out, she yeah. hears the door she open. She either knows the door is open or she knows there's nothing in there already if it's still shut. You're I don't right. even know if I would be thinking. I mean, I, I would Knowing horror movies, I might, but, you know, this kid's like, what, 13 or 14 years mm-hmm. old. It's not like she's an expert in, yeah. like, horror cliches, you know. Super smart. I actually wrote that down, too. One pops out one of the twins and she pops it right over the <laughs> with railing the golf club and she sends it over the yes. rails and i wrote she's killing it i love her get it yeah get it get, get it, it. <laughs> <laughs> and she beats the other girl to death too so good like she hits her and mm-hmm. she's maybe down like in a horror movie someone would stop and walk away no and they would come back no. no she fucking gets her over and over beats and over the again fuck out you of see her. blood splattering i'm like yeah and it's not like, I think, you know, some people are like, oh my God, like, can you imagine like looking at that and doing it? Yeah. How gratifying. Not right? how traumatizing. How gratifying. Exactly. I would be, def- I don't care what it looks yes. like. I don't care if I see brains coming out or eyeballs popping out. I don't give a fuck. It can mess with me later. Me and my therapist will deal with it. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> but you survive and survive. your family survives. Exactly. Because at this point she thinks, I mean, she could think that, hey, maybe her mom is dead. Maybe her dad is dead. It's literally her and her brother. She's got to protect him. Yeah. Come on. And herself. Yeah. And they've got to protect each other. That's why he's bringing up the rear with the geode. Yeah. (laughs) And they come into this bedroom and the other fake mom has Adelaide tied up to the bed. And she doesn't kill her. It looks like she wants to. She, like, gets the scissors. She knows she's someone else's. Exactly. Like, she doesn't fucking kill her. She, like, brings the scissors to her throat and Mm -hmm. she, like resist so even if they don't speak whatever these things are or whoever these people are they have some sort of intelligence and problem solving skills Mm -hmm. a lot of it you know whether they're just as intelligent as us or they have they have like kill mode on and that's all that they're doing you don't you don't know but instead of like cutting her throat she like drags the scissors across her own face and it's like why i wonder why she did that like i was kind of thought maybe it's because she wants to kill her so bad that she just she needs to hurt something yeah hurts herself yeah or maybe she's just trying to be creepy and prove that she's like i'm badass and i'm we're gonna kill you or i don't know 
again, she she and she's just kind of been sitting on the vanity playing pretty for a while. So it's just it's weird. Yeah, I don't like really know why she does that. Lip gloss yeah. or lipstick or something. Yeah. And just like looking at herself, mm-hmm. and which I'm assuming she's never really been able to do, right. is feel pretty. And then Gabe tries to, they struggle, and he runs off to like a yachtish boat. It's like not a yacht, but it's like a the bigger best boat. best name for a yacht. Did you see it? I did, but I didn't write it down. It was called B Yacht. Oh my Get God. It? Get, Get it? Get it! <laughs> <laughs> he takes a fucking flare gun. And he shoots it at him, and it just kind of goes, and it, and fail. <laughs> just, then it's all smoky, and you can't see anything now. You've just, like, made it harder on yourself. And it's all smoky and fiery, and then it cuts back to the other fake mom hearing the struggling. And she's watching it out the window. Yeah, and she is kind of, like, you think she's, like, emotional because her, like, husband her yeah. tethered husband or whatever she starts like, crying crying screaming and then laughing but she's not making any sounds no so creepy this movie's creep factor was turned yes. up to 11 it doesn't have a lot of jump scares or there anything are, like I that didn't it's jump just once. psychological creeps yeah like if i was being tortured or like hunted this would be my worst nightmare yeah. because they're so creepy imagine like standing seeing that in a window and you're like oh fuck yeah oh, right this bitch is crazy and she doesn't give a they fuck. don't make any sounds at you they yeah. don't do anything they just kill they you just kill they're like killing robots yes oh i wrote down mom hears the struggle and is crying but then laughing yeah laughing <laughs> <laughs> And then Zora comes in and she struggles with the fake other mom. Well, because she takes too long. She like hesitates, but the yes. mom is in tune. Like it's like they're and hunter, she's like watching animals. your reflection in front of her. Yeah, right. She's at the vanity. So. No, no, no. She's at the window. But oh, it's that's a big right. That's plate right. Yeah, glass yeah, yeah, window. Yeah. She can see her reflection in. Yeah. Come on, swing faster. Get her. Yep. Run in there, guns ablaze, her golf club ablazing. But she like, doesn't. She, like, prepares, and then it yeah. gives the mom time to swing around. They're very agile. Yeah. They're, like, crawling up trees like it's they're nothing. They're flipping and doing yeah. cartwheels and shit. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like, literally, it looks like they've trained for nothing but this. Right? Like, I mean, I guess if you don't have anything else to do. Yeah. And Zora, of course, starts struggling with her, and then Jason beats her over the head with his yes. little geode. It was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. He did good. Yeah. And then Gabe survives and i love the mom is panicking so hard because her daughter is like dying and she's 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 trapped the bed and she can't move anywhere but she is somehow managing to get her body up and over this thing as much as she can that's like good parenting acting right there like your baby is in danger you will get to them yeah it's great yep it wouldn't surprise me if she was like okay i'm just gonna rip my hand off literally right that's it she doesn't have to luckily because jason is like yeah it's beating time Mm -hmm. you know and then Gabe survives, he comes inside, and now they're all badasses. They've all fucked shit up. They have a kill count. They're like, (laughs) okay, all right, Right. we're going to fight, and we're going to win. And they're sitting at the kitchen table trying to call 911, but the lines are too busy. Like, Mm -hmm. they can't even get through. And Jason asks how many of everybody are there going to be, and that's just kind of like an epiphany moment. Mm -hmm. And they turn on the TV and see that it's happening to everyone at least in yeah. the United States that you know of. It's just happening everywhere. And they've everywhere. got film of all these people in red suits just holding hands They're everywhere. All in red. Where did they get these uniforms? That is that is a good <laughs> question. Where did they get them? But And the scissors. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know. It doesn't answer everything, but it's not, it doesn't really have to. It's just kind of yeah. like, where did the Okay. But they show, like, a reporter even watching someone in a red suit going to join these people. So what did he just do? 
Yeah, and then eventually someone comes at him. Yes, someone, like, walks around the van to him, and then the video goes. Yeah. And so you know this is happening everywhere, and they're forming human chains. Yes. Like, they're literally linking hands, like the hands across America, and they're just forming these chains across streets and bridges, and even later you see the beach and the ocean. Obviously not that far out in the ocean, but (laughs) the shorelines, I guess I should say. And so Adelaide's like, we got to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. We have to go to Mexico. So that kind of tips you off this hands across America thing. This is only happening in the United States. Like, yeah. you know, so her, she's like, let's go to Mexico because we'll be safe yeah. there. And they're just like, no, we're just going to stay here because, yeah. you know, it's safe and there's food and stuff. And Gabe, she- <laughs> yeah. Gabe says we need to trap them. But it's like, how many can you trap before they're going to, yeah. even if the original one that didn't want to kill you doesn't kill you, somebody will. Especially if they're yeah. all in on it together. They're not going to leave normal ass people just walking around also this is not a safe place it's plate glass windows all around you yeah it's one of those rich people with glass houses kind of where are you gonna hide houses <laughs> yeah and adelaide says they've been planning this for a long time and they have the upper hand and we need to run and so they go to get the keys to josh's car which was the the other dad well first they get up and you see that there's been the body that she knocked over the railing is laying on the table Dead. oh yeah they're just, just laying like there. hanging out they're watching tv over her dead body yep. just laying there it's great and then when she goes back to get the keys that body's th- gone that body's gone <laughs> yeah and it gets up and she just beats the sh- beats her over the head with yeah. a frying pan and then stabs her yeah and then that her son sees and it's kind of creepy weird yeah mm. Mm. <laughs> they're struggling but she kills her and yeah he's like whoa mom's weird yeah again yep fake family is back yeah zora has to drive because adelaide is still has those basically like handcuffs on yeah. her they're long but she still ha- is limited in her motions yeah and the dad his foot's all fucked up yeah he got like busted in the knee or the foot yeah. or shin so... or something he can't drive and so zora has to drive and she tells them all to buckle up and she tries to hit there there's the fake zora standing in front yeah. of her and she's like, I'm going to fucking hit her. And so she just guns it and she tries to hit her. But then she jumps on top of the car and stabs through and the shit. sunroof. And then yeah. through the window. It's like, how yeah. sharp are those fucking scissors? They Well, not even sharp. How sturdy are those scissors? Yeah. Because she's, that, that's really thick glass. Yeah. Like those, that shit takes like rocks coming at it. Like, mm. and finally though, she's stabbing through the windshield and she like breaks really hard and throws her off and throws her off up into a tree yeah it was so great and then she's like all twisted and shit. yeah adelaide gets out of the car and finds the fake zora hanging from a tree and she doesn't stab her she's like goes to like she still has her fire poker and she's mm-hmm. like i'm gonna you know just go see and she's like looking at her with all this sympathy well she thinks at this point that she can maybe reason with them mm-hmm. and no you cannot yeah. but she tries and i at first i was like okay so she doesn't want to kill it because it looks just like her child right but then you're also like so you find out later like it's she's one of them mm-hmm. you know she doesn't want to that's like her people yeah I'm, I'm sorry to jump ahead like that but we know there's going to be spoilers in this so exactly. my, i mean i need to talk about it she doesn't i don't think she i think she didn't kill her because feels sorry for them and she doesn't i mean she's gonna die on her own you know Mm -hmm. and so she doesn't want to so now we got one down three to go (laughs) yep and no two down 
the dad's down. Oh, yeah, down. the dad's down. You're right, you're right. There's, uh, the Adelaide takes over driving and then it cuts to daytime. And there are so many bodies. It reminded me of Bird Box, how there were just bodies yeah. littered all over the streets. Of people just getting killed. Oh, yeah. And they see their car on fire. Because they're not in their yeah. car. They see their car on fire, though. And then the fake Jason, he's like, it's a standoff. He's like, come mm-hmm. and get me in front of this, like, flaming car. Yeah. And then Adelaide gets out and she thinks that she can reason with him. Yeah. Cannot. She, like... Is like, here's my hand, come with me. But he mm-hmm. just walks into the fire. And Jason realizes it's a trap. Mm-hmm. Get out of the fucking car. It's a trap. Yeah. And then he's so smart. I love yeah. this part. Yep. Before he walks into the fire, he, well, the reason Jason figures it out is because he takes off his mask and he just smiles at the real Jason. And Jason's mm. like, it's a trap. And they all get out of the car. And then the Jasons hold their hands up and back away from each other. And then the fake Jason walks into the fire. And then the fake mother. Well, it's great because the real Jason, like, leads him. Yeah. He seems to realize that they're connected, and he just, like, puts his arms out, and he walks backwards, and he makes it so that the fake Jason walks into the fire. Yeah. Smart. Smart fucking kid. These kids are so smart, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. They're figuring things out really quickly. A lot of times there's stupid kids in movies. Mm, not these. Yeah. They're no. Great. Really, no, nobody in the family is stupid. Mm-mm. Just some, you know, dad's like, what the fuck? And he yeah. just kind of gets this raw, like, fight, but the kids are very, like, reasonable. And uh, as he's walking backwards, Red steals Jason. Yeah. She shows up just standing there all creepy. And then he's gone. Yep. And then it cuts to the Carnival Pier, which kind of brings us full circle back to the beginning of the movie. Because mm-hmm. it started out at the Carnival Pier. It didn't start out at the, like, fun house that all these problems started. Right. Which, can I comment on something yeah. that I think I just realized? Mm. Okay. One, I wondered why is she down there by herself? She didn't bring her family with her. Two, I was like, because there's a whole chain of people standing there in these red suits. And she's, like, almost approaching them to get to this fun house. Are they going to attack her? What's going on? And now I'm realizing that first she probably went down realizing that they wouldn't attack her because she's, she's one of them. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's so many things. I want to yeah. rewatch this. And she doesn't want her family to know that she's one of yes. them. And she knows that if she goes down there and confronts Red, They're that everything's going to come out. out. Yeah. Oh. And, oh, this movie is so good. There's so many layers. (laughs) She walks down the stairs and sees the dozens of fake people linking hands. And she, you know, she goes in and she opens a door and a bunny comes out. One of those rabbits that was in the cages. And she goes down. There's some electrical operations rooms. makes me think of, like, very blatantly, you're going down the rabbit hole, Alice. That's right there. That's what somebody wrote in an article I was reading. And they're like, and then down the rabbit hole. And I was like, wow. Yep. A lot of intelligent calls in this movie to other films and, yes. and works yeah she finds these tunnels so we're back to the tunnels under the united states that are not being used supposedly in there yeah like so as this a mistake. Yeah. yeah this is definitely i'll just say it again. so yeah jordan peele wrote directed and produced this so this yeah. is his all the way through he yes. created all of this content put so in all these little pieces that we're finding yeah that's awesome which he's probably, like, wants you to, like, find things out as you're talking about it or the second time mm-hmm. you see it, like, peel back those layers. The first time you're just trying to take it all in. Yeah. The second time you know the plot and so you can kind of look for other things. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would assume I haven't seen it a second time, but just talking about it, you're like, okay. Yeah. You know, I didn't make the connection the first time, which I probably should have. She doesn't want her family to go down there because she's going to be outed. But at this point, you don't 
really know that that's exactly what it is right you know you're kind of putting these things together now because we know she finds this room with an escalator and there's only one escalator and it just goes down yeah which is weird well it's that's like how they is she descending into hell it that's kind of what it looks like yeah. and you know you kind of find out that there's this whole like community of doubles basically of everyone mm-hmm. and there's you can only go down because they don't want them to get up mm-hmm. is kind of what i took from that and there are rabbits all over the floor. So they were in cages, but now they're just all over the floor. And there are these really long hallways. It kind of looks like a high school in a yeah. way. Like, because they have take the lock. Stuff. Yeah, but they, they're Didn't not. Didn't they have some? Though? Wait, they, I think they did because there's classrooms. It looks literally yeah. like a high school. Okay. Just That's tunnels of high school. And like dorms. Yeah. With bunk beds and stuff. And. It cuts to... Oh, that's where I was remembering the lockers were in the, the rooms with yes, the bunks. Yeah. Okay, okay, yep. okay. I remember lockers. And it kind of cuts to Zora and Gabe finding the line of people. And they're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. They, like, come around this corner and there's just all these, like, red jumpsuits holding yeah. hands. They're behind them, luckily. But are they going to get them? Exactly. Like, they could, but there's some sort of... There's, this is ritualistic and, mm-hmm. you know... And then it cuts to, I love this whole scene, to Adelaide walking into a classroom and Red is drawing people holding hands on the blackboard at the front of the room. And Red says how it must have been nice to grow up with the sun. And she says, we're human too. Humans built this place. They created a way to copy bodies, but they couldn't copy the soul. So there's one soul between them. Mm -hmm. And this is why... She says, the tether continued for generations. Then there was us. We were born special. So basically to get their souls and to really live fulfilling lives above what I took is they have to kill these people. Their goal is to get the soul that dwells between them. It definitely, I mentioned it to you in the theater, like with the gold scissors, it made me think of like Hercules. You know, yeah. The the what thread won't crack. Scissors, <laughs> um, but yeah, they, those were gold scissors too. And I feel like I should have done more research, honestly, for this, you guys. And I'm sorry, but I feel like that's got to be something like in Greek mythology or something. Yes, gold, gold scissors, scissors like and the soul and something like that. Yeah, they want to cut the lifeline, definitely. And they, she said it. It shows everything that we do above like i say we as in like people mm-hmm. do above ground and they have they have to do it in the tunnels but in almost like a torturous tedious yeah, way yeah like a miming like they show people on a roller coaster and, and they're, they're just, just shaking yes. and like moving side to could side could you imagine how horrifying that would be on your body like your blood pressure and stuff if you didn't know what was happening and it shows like she says that they, they could only eat like raw rabbit mm. which is why all that rabbit is down how did they get the, those rabbits you don't know but it shows this couple at the, like, carnival or whatever, or the boardwalk, and they're, like, sharing, like, cheese fries or something, yeah. and then you see the two down there, and they're, like, eating this, like, raw rat, and you yeah. can tell they really don't want no. to. And there's the rabbits, and they're, like, screaming and stuff. It's real bad. It's yeah. not a good scene. But it it's, like, real fast. Yeah. And it's got a good point. Yeah. And Red says, God brought us together that night. You could have taken me with you. Years after the miracle happened, I saw God and he showed me my path. The tethered saw that I was different and they knew I would deliver them. I began to prepare. So you kind of knew this, but Red started all of this because of that experience. And she basically planned a revolt of the tethered. And she says, I didn't just need to kill you. I needed to make a statement that the whole world would see. It's our time now. Our time up there. Which, by the way, is from Goonies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 80s movie. (laughs) Yes. 
If I it, mean, even in the beginning, when they're on the boardwalk, the very beginning, her parents are there at the carnival. They Someone makes a comment of, they're filming a movie over there. That's a nod to Lost Boys, which was oh, in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Okay. So. And then she says, if it weren't for you, I would have never danced at all. Mm-hmm. And then they literally, st- I love this scene. It is so well choreographed. They yeah. literally start dancing around the room. Like, Red is very graceful, mm-hmm. while Adelaide is trying to counter that you know yeah. stay away from her but she's so precise and red is so precise in all of her motions it's a beautiful frightening yes. terrifying scene which is even like once you know what happened it makes even more sense because she's the one that could dance before she's the one that actually wanted to dance she's the the human being that was good at it wasn't just going to do it so her parents right. thought she was better yes and Adelaide really tries to, like, hit her with the fire because she's still got the fire poker, you know, mm-hmm. like, over and over. And Red just keeps, like, doing these twists and ducks perfectly. She doesn't even try hard. Like, it's no, just, it's she so just easy for her. To she's so coordinated. Mm-hmm. And every time it kind of hurts Adelaide, she, mm-hmm. like, hurts her. And she runs out in the hallway and Red is just sitting there. Like, because mm-hmm. she has danced out of the room and Red's just sitting there. And red oh, she's so graceful and so scary like she's this is probably one of my favorite like horror movie villains monsters yeah. creatures killers whatever you want to call her she's probably not yeah. my favorite and she's not doing much she's no. literally holding her scissors in front of her and just dancing around that's it so just her feet really but think about so creepy if you were in that yeah. oh no mm. And she keeps, she's thwarting her and hurting her with master precision. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not, like, maiming her, but she's, like, yeah, she'll a just, slight like, little cut out. or, mm-hmm. like, waxer. Yeah, so. And all of a sudden you'll look and she's got more bloody spots and you're like, what just happened? She's, like, taunting her, but also, like, I am going yeah. to kill you. And it keeps flipping back and forth to when she was a little girl yeah. dancing also. So sometimes you don't always see everything. It's real, right. real choppy. Showing her, like, performing. Good choppy. Both performing above and what yeah. the performance below looked like. And Adelaide stabs her with the poker. And they, they're they in this, like, dorm room against this bed. And they're, they're still dancing, but Adelaide finally, like, gets her yeah. with the, the poker. And Red starts whistling as she's mm. basically dying. And you just see this shot of Adelaide and it's so primal. And she's, like, yes. laughing and making these, like, really deep noises. Because Red... We forgot to mention talks very raspy and deep because yeah. in when they initially had their encounter as children, you see Red grab Adelaide around the throat. Mm-hmm. And so you can only assume that she choked her and messed up her vocal cords yeah. to some extent. And so she's got this really scary low voice. And you've also this whole time heard the grunts and noises that these so these tethered people yeah. have made and they're not like sounds that you and i would make mm-hmm. they're very low and groany and grumbly mm-hmm. and um like i said primal like they're calling to each other yeah. and these just very basic human noises and you get that from mm-hmm. adelaide when she has one she's like laughing and it's very low and scary and she's like making these weird grumbly yeah. groaning sounds and you're like what the fuck and you're like did they change outfits you're like, did I miss something? Like, what is what has happened, you know? And 
she finds Jason in the locker who well, has... she chokes her first. Oh, yeah, yeah. She takes... Because she's still handcuffed. since She's got this chain between them. And she takes that chain and she literally breaks Red's neck. <sighs> and Jason is in the locker and watched this whole thing. So now he's watched his mother kill two people. Mm-hmm. Which in like a... Okay. Yeah, maybe necessary. But that laughing and like... He watched her do that whole thing. Yes. Yeah. And it cuts back to them they get away in an ambulance which is kind of funny because that's what jason was using that toy to stop the closet with i don't know if that's a thing but Hmm. maybe and they drive away in an ambulance and it's kind of in a daze and jason is just like looking at her and he fucking knows that yeah he knows that this is not I mean, can you say it's not his mom? Right, though? when it is his mom. Because it's the same person that he's known his entire life. Yeah. And Red was the enemy, you know, mm-hmm. to them, was trying to hurt them. And so I get that he's like really freaked out and he doesn't trust his mom now for good reason. But also, she's still the mom you grew up with. Mm-hmm. She's the mom that gave birth to you. So, yes, she was one of the tethered originally. But you see them, you know, it. This is when it show it cuts back to her parents talking to a therapist and she's taking in all this information because clearly she's new to being up there. So yeah. she's absorbing all this. And you see it shows her being taken from the fun house when she was a child. And so they swapped. Mm-hmm. And Jason knows. And he puts his mask on. And it ends with him just glaring and putting his mask back on. But not before... The, right before the credits roll, you see the line of all of them just sprawl across the United States. And you see all these helicopters yeah. flying above them. For the Hands Across America. Yep. Which you actually see at one point in the movie that that t-shirt that she was wearing, that Hands Across America, is almost their altar to a god. Yes. They, yep. they worship at this. Yeah. So they're basically doing a religious rite to yeah. them. Yeah. And so now that you've kind of sat through this movie, you know... So, Adelaide and Red. Yeah. You've the whole time thought Red was the one that was the double. But they switched. So, this entire movie, the reason her behavior is so weird and she doesn't want to go back is because she's just trying to live this normal human life and stay away from what she crawled out of. Right. But since she stole a real human, if you want to call it, that's life... She, the real Adelaide, quote unquote, that got sent underground when they swapped mm-hmm. out, she's got language and communication skills and all this stuff, yeah. but now she's forced to live this eating raw rabbit. You can tell it's driven her crazy. She's just stewing about all this, you know? And so mm-hmm. she's like, okay, I'm going to lead these primitive people to a, a revolution. We're yeah. just going to massively murder everyone up there and I'm going to take my life back. Yeah. And fake Adelaide I guess if you want to call her that now that we know wins again mm-hmm. and she still gets to live as a normal person which is I guess I you kind of see it coming but at the same time it just makes so many things like what the fuck mm-hmm. like I don't know I, what was your first thought when you did it were you like oh yeah okay or were you like uh what <laughs> I mean I saw it coming yeah. but what I really liked was that they they showed little pieces that I didn't catch at the end that mm-hmm. you should have. Like when her parents say, when's she going to talk again? You're yeah. like, oh, she's just traumatized. No, she doesn't know how to talk. And that's something I didn't catch until then. Right. Well, a lot of kids when they're traumatized and something happens, yeah. they stop talking. 
I loved the end of this movie, how it brought everything together, yeah. things that I missed. Yeah. It's not one of those... I thought going into it, it was going to be one of those stinkers where you're like, what the fuck just happened? But you know what happened. Yeah. It didn't ask you to create something that it didn't show you Yeah. for, like, the bulk of the plot. You know, it's not like you are going to go into this and you're not going to enjoy it because it's going to be such a difficult movie to comprehend. It's not. It's not at all. It's just a big twist at the end. It's like... Mm-hmm. A, it's kind of like, like what we call, like, M. Night Shyamalan twists, you know? <laughs> and... It also kind of, you know, Jordan Peele's really good at making political statements with his movies, but not in, I guess Get Out was in more of kind of an in-your-face kind of way. Yeah. But it kind of shows you, like, um, if you think about it a little deeper, and we try not to talk too much about politics in horror movies, but sometimes it can't be. It's just part of the story. Mm -hmm. You've got two socioeconomic classes, if you want to look at it that way. You've got let's say the very very impoverished and the very very privileged and the impoverished rising up on the privileged to try to get a taste of what that life is like since they've been so oppressed and they haven't been able to do anything about it somebody finally comes and does something about it so you've got these kind of class talks you know that you have to think about and things like that so you know and sometimes in a movie it's a little bit too much and you just kind of want to watch a movie but i think this movie um it brings awareness to some of those things if you want to think about them but you don't have to think about them yeah well, you know? i find it interesting i didn't even think of the political part of it but i took a mm-hmm. spiritual part of it yeah. with me i took the maybe you should really think about how you're living your life because maybe it affects other people yeah that's true i never really thought about that but big time like everything they did mirrored yeah imagine even if, if someone not was doing mirrored. drugs or exactly. self-harming or yeah i mean committed suicide like that's that's some it's a heavy movie if you really think about it now if you don't sit and think about it you can still enjoy it if you don't want to think about politics and if you don't want to think about ethics and if you don't want to think about those kind of things i don't like still i like to just watch horror movies and i kind of like to try to see different angles and why they did certain things and what was the director and the writer and in this case the producer trying to tell me and you know but i don't i'm not like a philosopher by any means it's not something that i will rack my brain over but knowing jordan peele i knew that he was he uses his platform i think for good conversations to be had and that's what i took from it definitely Um, i think he's a really good director i can't wait to see more stuff he does that's what a lot of people are saying they're like of course just like i'm not shamalan he may have a few flops but Mm -hmm. the good ones will hit and they will hit so hard yeah and he's two for two right now yeah and his comedy's funny like he and peel on comedy central i don't know if you ever watched his skit show it was i still never funny. did i knew he was a comedian yeah. but I, I never watched his stuff and i'm starting to realize more comedians need to be horror movie directors yes they're doing a great freaking job and honestly i mean comedy and horror aren't too far there are funny things in horror movies that help you get into it and then in funny movies honestly there's a lot of times where there's horrific quality to it Mm -hmm. that helps it along so they're so tied together i think a lot of comedians are comedians because they deal with problems and trauma and their own issues with comedy i don't think a good comedian can just be funny without having some and I, i know this is not every case but i think a lot of good comedians are good comedians because they've had some tough life experiences and they've learned I mean, I use humor to deflect all the time. You know yeah. that about me. I mean, Robin like, Williams. Right. Exactly. Some of the most 
you know, people that struggle the hardest are comedians. And so I think that when you look at that, a comedian writing a horror movie kind of, it just kind of makes sense because we've all got darkness and we all cover it up differently. And I think a lot of really, really, really good comedians, Jim Carrey too. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, he's obviously alive still and hasn't committed suicide, but he's talked about some dark shit that he's been through and he's revered as one of the goofiest dudes that's ever Mm -hmm. made movies or, or acted, you know? So I think that, more we should cross maybe cross more maybe some comedians if that's something they feel called to do should really try it because i think that their material could really hit home with people but also still give you just a good on the surface level of creepy scary horror things Mm -hmm. and i think that jordan peele does a really good job of bringing real life and some political things and social struggles and racial struggles to light by making it a horror movie and giving it a twist but something people will watch without being like oh i don't want to think about this right you know what i mean absolutely okay oh just uh five out of five absolutely <laughs> i mean it's, it's easy i didn't even have to think about it like yeah no i would love to see more movies like this i think that it's something i lo- now okay don't get me wrong i love going and seeing things like the conjuring where it's just plain possession and there's not mm-hmm. a lot of like twists and things like that and it is what it is love that too i love yeah. all horror in whatever form you want to serve it to me yeah but i think that this is so refreshing to go see because you don't know what you're getting into like let's just talk about it we know what we're going into still great curse of like we know what we're getting into um and there's good in their own respect but this is a horror movie that horror movie fans can enjoy and love no matter if you like these kinds i say of horror movies or not it's got something for every horror fan, in yeah. my opinion. So, five out of five. Easily. Yeah, absolutely. I I keep saying, like I said, Prodigy was my favorite. Now, I don't know. This might be beating it this year. It's going to be so a tough far, year for, it, oh, it's gonna be good. to figure out which one I love more. Horror is going to, like you said, it's going to be good this year. Yeah. I'm excited. So, thank you for joining us on this hype episode. Uh, before I plug our socials, I really quickly wanted to talk about, we love creepy, dark horror things, but one of our best friends, her name is Jessica, and she's she's been listening to us, and she listens to us every single time we upload, which we appreciate so much. We love her. Yes. She has an Etsy shop, and it's called Blake Everly Co. So Blake is B-L-A-K-E, and Everly is E-V-E-R-L-Y Co. on Etsy, and she makes little girls, like, onesies rompers dresses yeah and she has a lot of cutesy ones but here's where my horror mom is out there she will make you anything if you want a cute little onesie with jason Voorhees hockey mask on it she will make it for you heck yeah so don't be if you're like real grungy kind of like badass kind of mom don't be put off by that because she's got your cute frilly girly stuff but she will make you anything you want if i ever have kids she's i'm gonna have a whole like star wars like line of handmade clothes so check her out she's got an etsy shop and like i said we really appreciate our friends and family so we would love to support them in their endeavors as well you can follow us on facebook and instagram at the extra sisters podcast you can follow us on twitter at the extra sisters and we are available via email if you would like to shoot some movie recommendations tell us a story if you've got any experiences you want to share that we might be able to talk about hit us up at the extra sisters at gmail.com we love doing these hype episodes, so if you guys have any that we're missing, I mean, we'll probably hit the big ones this year, but if there's any indie ones that we miss, you know, email us. We will go see it, yep, okay? Definitely. Until then, stay creepy. Bye.